0: Attention podcast listeners, this podcast will contain adult language, mature situation, cybernetic enhancement of the human body, the black ghost organization, 1960s cold war propaganda, the origins of soul Gacha, tokusatsu action-packed storytelling, and an amazing legacy. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 167, Cyborg 009, Nuff Said. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcast inventing reviews about connectically enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and yes, what's up? We're back for another fun-filled episode, and I know it's been a while since I've released a Mong Review, but hey... It's just been some time. Things have been busy. The new job is keeping me pretty busy, just, you know, working hard, creating new layouts, creating newspapers, creating business cards, and I'm kicking ass. I'm making names, and I'm just, I'm doing great. 2013 so far has been amazing for me. I've been doing so good. Things are looking up, and, well, you know, I'm getting there. Things are going awesome. Awesome. I mean, I hope things are going good with you guys. Uh, Before I forget, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email us, sparkin.gmail.com. I'm at zansparkin.com. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we're on all those other lovely sites that you can check out. So, besides that, uh, today's a pretty fun episode. I'm pretty psyched about this, especially since what we're talking about is something that's truly monumental and truly awesome. I mean, I'm really geeking out about this. I'm really enjoying it, and it's pretty cool. But before we even start talking about the manga that I spun on, that one, not only the Wheel of Manga, back in episode 166, I gotta talk about some guy. A guy we've talked about back in episode 103. Giant Grizzly Man with Jack Knife Seeks Vendetta-Driven Skull Mask Wearing Madman for Duel to the Death. And this guy we've talked about, and he's a pretty influential mangaka. I mean, he's not Osamu Tezuka level, but he is the Guinness Book of World Records holder for the most drawn pages than any other comic artist. He's done at least 170,000 drawings. That's fucking crazy. And this guy created things like Go Render, Common Rider, Kakaider, Skullman, and a bunch of other series which are quintessential for Tokusatsu. This guy was the man, is the man, who am I talking about? I'm talking about Ishinomori Shotaro. And this guy was a very prolific mangaka who his whole career started in 1955 at 15 years old where he was discovered by osamu tezuka the god of manga through this talent contest held in shonen manga magazine and when shotaro ishinomori won this competition he became the apprentice to osamu tezuka and worked in a lot of little things including a little known series called astro boy how crazy is that and then after he created that series, he made first solo hit around 1964 in the form of the manga we're going to be talking about today, which we're going to get into in a little bit. And then from there, he's worked on different alterations, different genres, different crazy things. And then, in the 70s, this is his banner year. This is when the decade that he would become a true star, because he created Kamen Rider. Now, this is about a young man who's transformed into a mutant cyborg against his will by an evil organization. He escapes and then spends the rest of the manga series battling this evil organization. And that became adapted into television. This would lead to other tokusatsu series and would eventually lead to Power Rangers and all these other quintessential Japanese superhero shows. And then Saban would pick it up So pretty much Ishinomori is the man who created the whole dynamic of the tokusatsu hero as we know it today. I mean, true, in 1963 you had Kazumasa Hiri and Jiro Kuwata making 8-Man, but they would never be successful as Kamen Rider and Kakaider who is a pinocchio esque Frankenstein creature who is an amazing creation that Ishinomori did. And all these things would lead to these great things that all Mecha fans would love forever, even though everything he's ever made is remade over and over and over and over again. But again, as I said, we're talking about his first series in this episode, so let's get into that. This first series is a sci-fi action-adventure that was created by Shotaro Ishinomori back in 1964 and still came out until 1981 with 36 volumes. There's also 10 different versions of it in TV, anime, manga... There's a live-action movie, and there's a remake movie, which came out in 2012. It was released in Monthly Shonen King, Weekly Shonen Magazine, Shonen Big Comic, Shoujo Comic, Weekly Shonen Sunday, Weekly Shonen Jump, Monthly Comic Nora, and over here in the United States, by the one that only Stu Levy created, Tokyo Pop. This series is one of those ones where you're like, what the hell? This is an amazingly long series, and it's a compelling story, and it's the first one of its kind. I mean... True, you had a lot of other creations during this time made by people like Jack, Kirby, Stanley, by Ditka, and all these other people who made comics, but this is the first Japanese superhero team. And the series I'm talking about is Cyborg 009, or Cyborg 9. And it's an action series following a group of cyborgs in their battle with their creators, this evil terrorist group organization known as Black Ghost. And the whole theme of this story about these heroes being created and then turning against them is something which would eventually show up time and time again in Ishimori's superhero works. And this series is a major hit, and it's still popular to this day. I mean, the new series I talked about that came out in 2012, 009 Re-Cyborg, and then the Arcadia's graphic novel adaptation... It's just a reimagining of this whole series, which is just so unique and so fucking badass. I'm geeking out on this because it is an awesome series. But let me tell you a little bit about what it's about. I mean, this takes place in the 1960s. During this time, it's right after World War II and the Cold War has begun. For those of you who don't know, the Cold War was the war between the United States and the Soviet Union, where they kept saying, I'm going to blow you up. No, I'm going to blow you up. And they had this, there at a stalemate, And they're just waiting on which one is going to launch the bomb first so they'll destroy each other. It's a stalemate. And in this decade, the 1960s, this organization was the Black Ghost Organization, pretty much has been keeping mankind obsessed with war. They're the ones who would keep releasing new weapons, new technology, so everyone would be constantly fighting with each other. They're war brokers. They're the ones who would go to developing nations and give them these weapons to keep them at the brink of destruction in this very highly calculated war. Every time you think there's peace, they would invent something and give it to the other side so that they'd have a bigger gun. And so the other countries say, oh, fuck, we need a bigger gun. So Black Ghost would say, hey, we have a new adventure, look at this. It's bigger than the other gun. And then this would go back and forth, and the Black Ghost organization makes lots of money, and the war's going to keep going on. And the thing is that the head of this group... Black Ghost himself understands that the apocalyptic consequence of another world war is a way to create lots of money and lots of weaponry and lots of technology. And this is going to keep going on. Eventually, we're going to get bored. We're going to stop fighting each other, and we're going to go further out. Where are we going to go after we destroy the Soviet Union and the United States? We're going to go into space. Well, the problem is, how can mankind go into space and fight each other? I mean, mankind can't breathe into space. We need something a little bit more powerful. So he gets a brand idea of creating cyborgs. We give cyborgs different abilities. We can have them breathe in space, so they could fight, and it's a new warfare altogether. And however, organization decides to hire a bunch of scientists to kidnap people and take them and experiment in them to become better and stronger and more badass. I mean, the first person they kidnap is this guy, Dr. Gaimo Whiskey. Yes, his name is Whiskey. And he is this brain surgeon who had a very sick child his baby was sick and so he kept experimenting on him and experimenting on him and eventually he made the baby super intelligent and as he's experimenting on his baby his wife kind of shows up and says what the hell are you doing to our son you can't do that he's just a baby and he ends up killing his wife just to keep her away from his invention this baby and then Black Ghost shows up and they take the baby away now as they hire him they say okay we want you to do your magic on other people they hire a couple of other scientists including this one scientist named Uh, Dr. Gaia, Dr. Uranus, and then a man named Dr. Isaac. I know you're like, wait, what is this Dr. Isaac? Well, Dr. Isaac is the lead scientist in what they call the 00 program. And he's a guy who kind of doesn't trust black ghosts, but he has to work. He's got to do this, and they need subjects. So they end up going, kidnapping a bunch of people, and experimenting on them. Now, I'm going to go in order of who was kidnapped. Now, the first one, as we said, was Ivan Whiskey. Yes, the baby of Dr. Whiskey. They take this baby and they make him even more powerful. And like I just said, his father was kind of experimenting on him and made him super intelligent. And Ivan now has enhanced brain abilities. He's got super psychic abilities. He could, he's telepathic. He's telekinetic. He's got ESP and all these other abilities, but he's still a fucking baby. He, you know, he, he still sucks on a pacifier. He still gets tired very easily, but he becomes Cyborg 001. Next, in New York City, they find this kid who's getting into a fight with. I can say it, I'm Hispanic. It's, you know, 1960s. You got the Jets versus the Sharks. If you've ever watched West Side Story, it's the white guys versus the Hispanics. And the leader of this group is this guy named Jet Link. He's very stereotypical. If you've ever seen Shina Mori's other stuff, it's the guy with the long hair and the bird nose. This is the first guy to do it. This is the guy that's going to have for the rest of eternity. He's the guy who you created for. who becomes become a soldat jet in Galgai And he's a douchebag. He is the leader of this gang in the west side. And he gets intercepted by Black Ghost after stabbing the leader of a Puerto Rican gang to death. And they say, hey buddy, you're gonna go to jail. Come with us, we'll get you out of this. And they take him away. And so they end up making him into a cyborg and they give him boosters in his feet so he could fly at speeds up to Mach 3. So he flies super fast. They help his heart a little bit. And for the most part, he's just very brash and he's loyal, good hearted, but he's just, he doesn't think before he acts next person to kidnap is this girl from France named Francois Arnauld, And she's a girl who's studying to be a ballet dancer. And as she's at home, her brother Jean-Paul shows up to visit her for a week. And he's a member of the French Air Force. And as Francois is going to meet Jean-Paul, Black Ghost kidnaps her. And then Jean-Paul runs after her, trying to catch her, trying to get her back, doing everything possible, and just Black Ghost stops him every way. He goes... He sees him driving away in a car. He ends up stealing a car. They shoot the tires out. Okay, so he gets in a bike. Okay, he gets on the bike. He's following him. They shoot the bike out. So he's running and running. He steals a horse. They kill the horse. Eventually, they end up going to an airfield. And He goes to the airfield. He breaks in, steals an airplane, and he starts flying out the airplane. They shoot the airplane, and he l- loses her. And he just fails to protect his sister. And so what happens is that she ends up becoming the third cyborg or Cyborg 003. And what they do to her is they give her enhanced vision and hearing, so she could see through walls, sense objects really far away, hear people talking, and because of this, she becomes a mechanical whiz and an excellent tactician. She's really smart, and she is the one who's the smart and the nice one. Now they're up to three. They need a couple more. So the next person they have is this guy named Albert Heinrich, who is from East Germany. Now, if you don't know your history, after World War II, Germany got split in half. You had East Germany, West Germany. West Germany was run, controlled by the United States. East Germany was controlled by Soviet Union, and it was police state in the East Germany. Now, Albert and his fiancée Hilda wanted to escape to West Berlin because West Berlin is a free country. That's the free part of Germany. That's, you can go to America, you'll be fine. And they're trying to get out. That Albert pays this guy off, ends up getting a truck full of animals, and it's a listing saying that they're going to be a circus. He gets his girlfriend, he puts... A costume of her in a lion outfit, like a female lion, he gets puts her in a thing with a lion. He ends up driving to the gate for West Germany, they look at the paperwork and they say, Okay, I see you have a, a thing for one lion, but what the hell there's two lines. She's like, Well, I don't know, they just they gave me the second line. They threw it in. Oh that's not a real <laughs> Okay, okay, we'll let him go, we'll let him go, we we'll let him go. And As he's driving, he thinks, okay, good, there's no way, we're fine, I'm getting through, I'm going through the gate, there's no problem. As he starts to drive through, one of the guards realizes he forgot to take his passport, which is forged, and as the guard starts to wave him down saying, hey, stop, 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 you forgot your passport, Albert freaks out. He panics. And he just starts driving off, and they realize, wait, what the fuck, he just forgot his passport, he's freaking out, take him! So they shoot everybody, they kill Hilda, they mortally wound Albert, and then they just kind of just drive off, and okay, we kill them, that's at the end. And as he lays there dying, Black Ghost shows up, and they say, yeah, we're, we're, we're here, we're going to take Albert to the hospital, and you can interrogate him. Well, my problem is that they say, fuck it, we'll take him back to our lab. They take him to the lab, and they realize that Albert is all fucked up. His body is all shot up, his hands are broken, so they give him an insane amount of cybernetic modification. First off, they make the fingers on his right hand as machine guns. His left hand gets a razor-sharp edge so it can cut through walls like an axe. He's got missiles hidden in his kneecaps, and he's essentially the ultimate weapon guy. He's got a friendly personality, but he seems very gruff, and he hates war. He's just pretty badass, and he just laments the fact he lost his fiance. So the next one you have is really stereotypical, and this is Geronimo Jr., He's a guy from an undisclosed part of the southwest United States, and he's a Native American who can't find work in the 1960s. Every place they say, oh, you're just a, 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 an Indian, you're just a drunk, leave us alone. And the one place he possibly possibly find a job at is this show for Native Americans, you know, Look, we have all these Native Americans, we're acting like old Injuns, and if you come, you can be our chief, because this guy is like 6'3", he's big, he's powerful, and he could be that Native American chief for this sideshow. But Geronimo just punches the guy in the face and says, What the hell are you doing, man? You're selling out. You know, I'm not doing red face. I'm not going to be a stereotype against my culture. So he walks away, and Black Ghost literally hears this conversation and says, Hey, buddy, look, I know you're looking for a job, but, um... We'll give you money, and you take it. And he took this job. Black Ghost, all they do is they just make him super strong, and then they give him an armored hide. That's all they do. They just make him, we'll make him strong Native American man. That's it. And really, he's just a very humble and polite guy who doesn't talk much. The next cyborg is Chang Chengku. Now, Chang is from China, and he's this fat little impoverished Chinese farmer Who's 40 years old, Who owns this pig farm that all the pig farms have run away except for one. He's starving to death, he owes taxes, and the one pig he has left he can't even make bacon out of because it's so thin. So he's depressed, he's sad, and he goes to hang himself. Similar to My Lovable Fatty, he gets ready to go, but unlike that, he doesn't break the rope. The Black Ghost guys shoot a bullet through the noose, through the top, breaking it. He falls down, is knocked out, and they just grab him, take him to the lab. And they experiment on him. And they end up making him have the ability to breathe fire. And he can also tunnel. And he's a very gregarious and jolly fellow who just knows how to cook. And he's refined and happy. And he's a lot of fun. But he's, like I said, he's a stereotypical Chinese man. Okay, so we have six right now. So there's a couple more. Don't worry, we're getting there. So next we have Great Britain. Great Britain, we don't know what the hell his name is. And he's an alcoholic. The first time you see him, he's trying to scam his way to get more liquor because he has no money. And he says he's once an actor from back in the day. He's in a bunch of shows and this, that. But he's a major alcoholic. I say, get the fuck out of here. You're just a crazy person. And as he walks out, eventually, one of the black ghost guys sees him and says, hey, buddy, want a drink? And he's like, a bottle. I want it. I want it. And they literally throw it into the car. And this guy just jumps in the car, no questions asked, after the bottle. It's a complete and utter lush. And so they lure him, and he's a painless vagrant who just likes alcohol and cigarette for his liquor. And he is now given the ability to change his cellular structure, making him take any form at will. He can become an object, a creature, a person, whatever he wants. And because he's a great actor, he could blend in as an enemy. He's essentially the spy of the group. He's the one who could blend in and sneak around. And he's very lighthearted, and he's just a really nice guy to boot. But he's just He's the actor, he's the fun one. And he's British. He uses limey and Ponce a lot. Next one is the worst of them all. And what do I mean by the worst of them all? This guy is the ultimate racist stereotype possible. This is Punyma. Now punyma is a slave from Africa... Who escapes his slavers by breaking the chains and running off? And the way he's designed is so stereotypical. I mean, big lips, curly hair, dark skin, looks like very characteristic and really bad. Like, you wonder if Shotaro Ishimori is a racist. Cause, I mean, the first volume they even say, look, he was from the 60s. This is what they thought. They were, Japanese were xenophobic. This is how, all they knew. They're not trying to be rude. This is just how they thought. They are not and all the characters are treated well, despite the fact how they're designed. They're all great, you like following them, it's just the design's a little jarring at first. Once you get past that, it's a good show. It's kind of like how in some of the older stuff, how it was anti-American, like in Barefoot Gen, it's all talking about how they hate Americans. This is kind of like that, where just the stereotypes are a little bit crazy, but you get used to it, and it's not bad. But Shunma, as I said, they end up, he runs off, Blackos kills the slavers, and then holding him at gunpoint, they say, you're going to come with us to our lab. And so they end up making him, basically, I'm super swim guy. He gets mechanical lums that allow him to survive for long periods of time underwater in space, and he could swim really fast, and he's just kind of badass. That's about it. I mean, it's a very serious character because he's no-nonsense, he's battle-trained, he was a guerrilla fighter, just doesn't fuck around. He's just the character who, we need shit done. Go to him, and he's now number eight. And the final character, our main character, you could say, is Joe Shimamura, the eponymous Cyborg009. He's a half-Japanese, half-American kid who's treated like garbage because he's a half-breed in Japan. He ends up escaping from a detention center, and then Black Ghost captures him, and then they just treat him like shit, and they give him several enhancements. So they make him, like, the best of all because he has all these other enhancements. They make him super strong, resistant to damage, he can leap large distances, he can breathe underwater, and then his best ability is that if he bites his back molar, he ends up to go super fast. So fast that everything looks like a statue to him. He bites a switch, he does it, and he can go really fast. The only problem is that he goes super fast, but he can't touch anything in that form, because he's moving so fast, his vibrations will just tear it to shreds. And pretty much he is like the field commander of the group when they're dealing with things, while Ivan Whiskey the baby is, like, the the leader. He's the one that is the strategist. The whole series is about, after Joe's captured, they go and they train him. They say, okay, here's a deal. We're going to see what you do. You kick ass. And as they kick ass, they say, all right, you're going to be Cyborg 009. You're the one who's going to be our greatest model. Then we're going to work on number 10 and 11 and so on and so forth. And as they're saying that, the cyborgs revolt. They say, no, we're not. We're people, too. We're still people. We still have memories. Fuck you, all black Ghost. They hold Black Ghost, the the scientists at gunpoint, kill them all except for one, who is ironically Dr. Isaac, and they run off. And Dr. Isaac, Gilmore, pretty much, he's the one that orchestrated this breakout because he's the one that said, Look, this is fucked up. The Black Ghost plan is horrible. They're going to turn you guys into weapons and your people. Get them out of here. So he becomes the advisor and father figure, the Professor X to this group and they end up running off. Because Black Ghost underestimated the strength of Will in these nine half-human, half-robot prototypes, they end up escaping their clutches, and Black Ghost has become infuriated and will not let his inventions slip away so easily. So he ends up sending his entire fleet out to capture the nine cyborgs and trying to find them, and it becomes this whole escape story of them trying to escape while Black Ghost is trying to get them. And it's a very compelling story. It's, it's, for 1960s, it's ingenious. It's got all these subtexts of the Cold War and also how these characters who are all different races come together to work together and begin to get along and they create a coexistence, which is really, really good. Now, if you remember from Skullman, the art is very, very antiquated. It's 60s-tastic, but it is pretty cool. Tokyo Pop did release this series, so you could find it at most cons or online. And the story is... Really well done. It holds up, even though you do question a lot of things like there are no cell phones, which would be an easy way to contact each other, the fact that they talk to each other through telepathy, through 001, and all the characters eventually end up calling themselves by their 00 ID, like, oh, 009, come help me. Okay, 004, I'll protect you, number three. That's how they become. They become known as 123456789, and then just fighting and kicking ass and taking names. And (laughs) eventually you have other cyborgs showing up, number 10, number 11, the Greek cyborgs, and the series gets really developed, and it just gets really powerful. Now, I've talked about the style, I've talked about how this is the first attempt at Shotari Shimori's work, and this is the one which shows that he is a great writer. This is what led him to be the great man that he became, the creator of Skullman, of Kakaider, of all these series. This is the genesis of it, and you see that even to begin with, he was amazing. You don't see that he, I mean, he evolved to be better and better, but this is great work just to start off with. This isn't like he started off and, oh, this sucks, and it gets better on. It's not like when you see early Picasso, you're like, okay, this is inventive, but later on, it's astounding. This is, he started off running, and it looks great, and it just gets insanely better. It's your wow to begin with, and you keep going through. And I can't say much more about Cyborg 009 and how good it is. I can't. It's just, it's really good. Now, I just have to go into the rating. And as you can guess, this is really, really, really fucking cool. I can't say anything about, else about this. Totally, if you have a chance, find it, read it, get a hold of it. Even if you have to look in certain websites. But check it out. It's a great story. It still holds up. And the remake series is awesome. The anime is great. I I'm geeking out so much, but there's not much else I could say about this manga except check it out. Really, it's it's so cool. It's so amazing. It's just badass. So, I guess that's all I could say about Cyborg009. So let's uh so Mary, you can check us out at com. You can email us at sparkin at gmail.com. I'm at com. we're on Facebook, Twitter, we're on all these other things. You can check us, out all the information in the show notes. Now let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the, the Wheel of Manga! Yes, yeah. frenzy. Wheel of, the of Manga, one. except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on. What we're going to do is so we're going to spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and we're land on this reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 168. Yes, 168. Can you believe it? So let's spin and see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Monger Review. Number 5. So in the next episode of the Spark and Monger Review, I am going to be reviewing ooh another robot series. This is called Robot Kaji, or Kiji, the Robot Detective. Seems pretty cool. Check it out and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully it's a pretty good series. I don't know. It's made by Sunwide Comics. Oh, it's another by Shotaro Ishinomori. That's pretty cool. So we'll see how that goes. So I guess it's the first episode of the Spark and mong Review. That's it. Uh, thanks for listening. And remember, this is your host and I am Gonsville. Catch you next time. See you. <laughs> Can you, you hear me? me? Yes. Hello? Yes. Hello? You're just getting too. Yes. Genesis up next. You're just getting too.